Hi, I'm Rebecca Pete, And I'm Rebecca Cochran. And, and welcome, welcome to Woven, where we strive to be Christians living in the world with intention. And our prayer is that, to paraphrase Mary Zimmer, the Christ who knew Mary and Martha would show us the way of balance. Thanks, Thanks for listening. For the podcast, <laughs> like in the same room, and we've completely forgotten how to do any of this. <laughs> That's funny because when we first started recording on Zoom, like we couldn't figure out timing because I was pushing the button on my side and I was like trying to like make facial expressions <laughs> so that you could see how, when to start. And now we're, we're, we're in the same room. So you think that would be easy to know when to start and it's still not. Not easier. <laughs> we're doing great. We're just stumbling along on our new sea legs, aren't we? <laughs> aren't we all? Aren't we all? Um, we thought about calling this episode Still Rolling Stones. Um, if you've heard that Lauren Daigle song, it just made me think of transitions and how, you know, the old saying, a rolling stone never bothers moss, meaning like as long as you keep moving, you're going to not gather moss, whatever that looks like for you. But I was just thinking a lot of us are kind of realizing like, oh yeah, we can, we can do stuff now or we're yes. capable. And it's like when you've just been sort of hibernating for a year, it feels really weird to yes. get back into the world. And I mean, we're all in different places. Some kids have never gone back to school this whole year. Um, my kids went back for like, what, two and a half months, and then they're going to be out for summer again. That's like, I've just gotten used to, you know, having them in school and now they're out. And some people's kids have been in school all year. So it's, it's all different, but I think we're all transitioning in one way or another. And summer is always a time of transition yeah. and things changing and, you know, just trying to ground ourselves. Like, what can we do? in the moment yeah. to make everything make sense. And so we're just going to kind of talk about that a little bit today. Yeah. I, uh, I think, I mean, I think change is hard for, I was thinking about this. I think change is hard for everybody. I think it's just on different like levels. I think some people roll with change better than other people. I am not one of those people. Um, I, I wouldn't say that I like new and exciting things. But when it's the foundational thing, so like I like going to new restaurants and I like, like I'm not, I'm not a stuck in the rut kind of person. Yeah. I like, I like new exercises. I like new adventures. But when it comes to like base stuff, like schedules and school and my house, like just all the kind of stuff that kind of lays the foundation for who you are. I don't like that stuff to change. Um, And once I get into a routine, I struggle to change my routine. And I was thinking, I was like, so summer, since we're talking, since we're talking in May and this is our May episode, it's about to be summer. Like, I have forgotten how to do summer. <laughs> because last... Because you've been doing summer this whole time, <laughs> but it feels like you have children. Yes. Well, it, last summer was weird, right? Right. Like, I felt like, I felt, I honestly felt like last summer was like a 1950s summer. Like, my mm-hmm. li- kids just like literally ran feral and um, they had been out of school for, you know, a few months already that it, like, we were all just, like, kind of at our breaking point and pretty much yeah. let them do whatever they want. Yeah. Like, they either, like, ran the neighborhood or um, ran around the backyard digging stuff up or mm-hmm. they or they were on iPads all the time. And I'm like, so this summer is going to be more normal how do we do summer again? Like, I forgot how we did summer. Like, you know, because we used to have a very, like, set way we did summer. And I don't even remember how to do that anymore. And so, like, that seemed very, like, 
metaphorical for life for us right now. Like for whether you're not been in the office for a year and a half and now you're going back to the office or you haven't traveled forever. Like I was talking to a friend of mine who used to travel every week for work Mm -hmm. and then hasn't traveled for a year and is now starting to pick up her travel back again. And she's like, she, she forgot stuff in her suitcase. She forgot how to travel. She forgot how to go through security when that used to be like her, like, lifestyle and um she just doesn't even know how to go back to normal anymore um and not obviously you know everybody's talking about the new normal blah 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 but there's like certain ways you do things that haven't changed they just were on pause for a little while it's like the way you travel or the way you do anything you know work in an office with other people socialize go to a concert like go to conferences like those things are all going to be starting back up again and like i i think people don't even know how to be social anymore. Like in large, it's like maybe smaller. Like we've gotten really close, more closer with our neighbors and like our, our closest friends that have been kind of like in our pods. Like I feel like I've learned how to do community better in that way, but I've forgotten how to be a person in large social situations. Me too. I get like anxiety when I go somewhere stupid, like the grocery store. Like I just feel awkward. I'm like, Oh, excuse me. I'm like, apologizing for my existence if I'm like too close to you. It's like everything's just been so hard. It's like it's been hard to do simple things because it's like do I have my mask? Did I sanitize the cart? Did I run into somebody? Did I am I too close to them? Are they comfortable? It's just it's all this extra what what is that ambient stress that's yeah, still yeah. there. Because yes. like our kids aren't vaccinated. Like yes. so I'm you know there's still things to be cautious about, especially yes. if you do have children or you aren't vaccinated. Hopefully you are. Um, <laughs> That's not this podcast, but we can do a side one on that. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I just think, and for me, what always helps me when there's a change, because I'm very visual, I change my hair and I change my surroundings yeah. to sort of kickstart a new transition. So like when the pandemic was really going on, we changed up our house, we painted rooms, we redecorated we did all those things a lot of people did that um now I think I'm about to like cut my hair a lot shorter highlight it like just to and it's funny because it sounds like so silly but it really does like remind me like oh things are different because if I don't make visual changes around me Mm -hmm. I just stay stuck so I guess like if you're not a visual person like what would is there anything you do to give yourself an external cue Outside of yourself. It could be like switching up the food you eat. It could be, I mean, there's a lot of things that. I'm trying to think. Um, So one thing for me when I'm approaching a transition that I know is going to happen, like sometimes transitions happen and they're unexpected, right? Mm -hmm. Like things happen um, unexpectedly. But like when I expect a transition to happen from small to very big, like my personality is such that I run through every scenario like all yeah. the scenarios um, and which means I psych myself out and I am notorious for that. I've gotten better as I've gotten older, but when I was younger, even when the kids were younger, like even small transitions of we're going to move them to their crib. Now we're going to move them into a big kid bed. We're going to take away the passy. We're going to take away the swaddle. We're going to potty train. Like I always like, those are like small things, mm-hmm. but at the moment they feel really big or yeah. like this year we transitioned the kids to a new school which is a big change. Like there's little changes and big changes. And that was a big change. And I think I really psych myself out a lot. Um, and I like plan, try to plan everything. That's how I cope with transition is to like plan everything and like visualize like 
how it can go and how I can like make it easier. And what I do is then what happens is, is maybe this is a good thing. Maybe this is a bad thing. The transition is never as bad as I think it's going to be like ever. Like, and so I think as I've gotten older, I've had enough life experience that I remind myself, okay, it's not as hard as I, you think it's going to be. Like, take the kids' school transition this year. It actually has been a wonderful transition. And the kids have, like, they're way more um, flexible with the change than I am. I'm the one that psychs myself out, not them. Um, and so I, 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 as I've gotten older, I've gotten better about seeing that the change is not, reminding myself the change is not going to be as hard as I thought this movie. That's so funny that you approach change that way. I feel like it would, because I'm just very abrupt. Like, I'm yes. like, like when it was time to do cribs, like, there was no transition. I was like, or I mean, to do beds. I was like, you're in a bed now. I just took their pacifier one day away, and I never gave it back. I took yes. away the bottles. Like, I just am very, like. Oh, no, I do that with, with I do that with them. Yeah. Like, it's internally in me. Oh, I so I don't, like, put them through this long process and we talk about it and all that kind of, no, 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 no. Like, I ripped the Band-Aid off with the kids. Me too. And I don't, I'm not sure that's good. No. And, and I, I tend to do that with myself, too, which is, like, you know, part of the external thing. But I feel like I don't always allow myself enough space to, like, process it. Like, yes. I'm just sort of like, well, this is how it is now, so, like, let's get it together. I, I feel like I pre-process and don't post-process. So oh, I, like pre-get myself ready yeah and then the transition happens and then it's not as bad as I thought it was and then I move on to the next thing yeah and you never like because I'm a future oriented stress cycle so I'm a future oriented person Mm -hmm. so I pre-stress but I don't (laughs) post-stress so like I'm like oh okay so like let's this is these are silly examples but it helps the metaphor like taking away the passy like I will stress about that for weeks I'm like okay we're gonna do that in three weeks I don't tell them that they don't know Mm -hmm. in my head I'm like psyching myself out this is gonna be terrible we're not gonna get any sleep blah 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 blah. and then one day I'm just like okay we're ripping the passy and I do it and then and then I move on to the next thing that we're gonna transition yeah and it's not that bad you know I will say that you have to know your kids too Nathan does better if you just rip the band-aid Myla does better because she's like me she needs to like pre-prepare so I've had to learn that I need to bring her in mm-hmm. to my processing yeah. not to a point where I'm gonna give her anxiety because she struggles with that but like to a point where she also feels like she has some pl- some part in the planning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that helps her transition. So I think that's a part of growth, too, is recognizing how the people in your family, whether it's your husband or your kids or whatever, your roommates, like, when a transition is going to happen, do you fight people into that Yeah, that's processing. True. Yeah, for the record, I don't still do that to my children. <laughs> <laughs> it was when they were little, and I had two of them at the same age. And I was like, I can't. You yeah, can just, we're just cutting it off. But he's like, <laughs> cold turkey, baby. We're, we're, I'm, I'm much more <laughs> in tune with them now. Um, yeah, so do you have any transitions uh, coming up for you? Um, I would say besides summer, which I think is something yeah. we're obviously all going to experience, because whether you have kids or not, summer's just different. Yeah, Life is totally. just different in the summer. Um, so besides that, um, Myla is going to be a true middle schooler next year. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's a huge transition. Um, it's just, you know, I was telling David the other day, you know, she's moving from 
like school's going to be playing such a bigger role in her life. Yeah. Like, cause not only is she there all day for school, like, but sports and all of the extracurricular activities, whether your sports or your music or your art, like whatever it is, starts getting tied to the school once you get to middle school. Yeah. So she stays after school for those things. And uh-huh. like her schedule is just going to change. And, and, um, Nathan's also getting older. He's still in elementary school, but he's, entering the second half of elementary school yeah. so I feel like I'm moving into a new stage of parenting and it's not going to like fully fully be realized for another year or two once Nathan gets to middle school but like I feel like I'm transitioning into a new role um that mm-hmm. you know having a sixth grader next year I feel like will be um just the way I'm involved in school and the way she's involved in school and the ways, you know, we're talking about getting her a phone because she's going to be on, you know, a bus to go do cheerleading at football games. She probably should have a way to get a hold of us. And like, you know, that's just, that's a lot of transition, like into a new world. Um, You know, you know, at what point are we going to start letting her date? You know, it's just like all of those questions that I feel like, you know, we're kind of preparing ourselves. So all you really need for. to do is like shave her hair into a pink mohawk and then it will remind you externally that she's in sixth grade. No. I don't think the school will allow that. Got <laughs> <laughs> a pretty conservative Christian school, probably not going to be just shaving her head into a pink mohawk. <laughs> but no, um, yeah, so I think, you know, Dave and I were just like thinking about next year and I was like, you know, we're going to have to shift when we eat dinner. And, mm-hmm. you know, because their activities are different than, you know, when they're little and they went to bed early and they, we were home all afternoon and they got home from preschool or kindergarten or whatever, yeah, yeah. You, you know, you dinner at five or five thirty, they start getting ready for bed, bed at seven, like their bedtime shifts, their school activities shift, which means your dinner shifts. Like we just had, you know, it causes adjustments in that family. So I think fall is going to be a big transition for us. But like this summer is going to be the calm before the storm. Yeah. Of a tra- major transition. And for you, from what you just said, it's probably going to be you having anxiety, worrying about the fall. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I already have, like, anxiety. And I keep telling myself that that is an August problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it doesn't mean I don't need to, like, plan some things or, like, be thinking about it and, like, stick my head in the sand because that's not healthy either. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not advocating that. But, like, keep telling myself that's an August problem. Yeah. This is an August problem. This is not a right now problem. This is an August problem. Um, and it's great things. It's not a problem. It's it's just, a, you know, you just have to switch the way we do things. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we're transitioning to, like, she spends more time in her room. And she spends more time with her friends. And my kids are just not here as much. Mm-hmm. Especially her. Um, and what does that mean for me? Who, you know, when you're, when you're a mom, like... When your whole life is, so in the last, you know, 11, 12 years have been meeting someone's every, I mean, we're even at the point now where like, I don't have to even get a babysitter that often, mm-hmm. you know, like she can just watch her brother unless it's going to be really late at night or something like that. And, or we're going to be on like the other side of town or something, but like mostly I don't have to get a sitter anymore. And like Dave and I took a long walk the other night for an hour and the kids stayed home by themselves. Like it's just, I feel like we're just transitioning to a new part of adulthood and yeah. a new part of parenting, um, that you don't realize cause it creeps up real slowly. That's what I was going to say. I feel like most of the time it's the little parts that are the hard part. Like it's not the new school. It's all the small things mm-hmm. that you just kind of like the, the day to day little tasks you come to rely on, like your little habits. Like that's what I miss most during the pandemic was like, you know, 
dropping the girls off and then going to like the Starbucks I go to and saying hi to the person I say hi to. And like those like yes. small interactions were what really yeah. hurt, even though it hurts not go to like a concert, but it's like, I don't do that stuff. Well, I don't like concerts anyway. That's a bad example. But like, um, I don't do that stuff often enough, but the yeah. things I did every day that I wasn't doing, mm-hmm. that was like what really sucked about the pandemic and still sucks. But like, so I think uh, it's like we've, all those little things like you're eating dinner later and you're having to like figure out dinner and sports and you know Milo's spending more time in her room like that's harder than her going to a new school Mm -hmm. because it's all those little things that add up yeah and you know there's great things about it like they my kids especially her pretty much don't need me at bedtime at all anymore yeah like I have to tell I have to tell myself I need to go in there and say goodnight to her yeah yeah you know like and make sure she's okay you know because they tend to open up a lot at bedtime um, and I remind myself to go in there and check on her when I'm not tired. And when I am tired, I don't, because I'm like, oh, this may turn into something. No, I'm just <laughs> yeah. I don't really do that. I mean, kind of sometimes, but like, you know, you just, you, but then most of our talks now happen in the car because I'm driving her literally everywhere. It's like driving Miss Daisy. I'm yeah. literally driving Miss Daisy. I'm driving Miss Mila. Um, and so, um, just figuring out new ways to connect because mm-hmm. it's not the way it used to be, you yeah. know? And, um, and, like, I have just so much more time on my hands <laughs> and, like, figuring out what to do with that. And we need to do a future episode on that. Just, like, sort of this stage a lot of us find ourselves in, you know, when your kids are less dependent on you and you have more time and, like, you haven't had time for years and yeah. then you suddenly start having time. And then there's, I mean, I know I feel a lot of anxiety about how I spend that time and if yes. am I doing it. And, like, a lot of times I'm, like, well, got in my three hours on Instagram. Good job. Like, you know, it's like, it, it, yeah, we probably should do a future episode on that and like trying to re-enter the workforce when you've been at home and have resume gaps and all that stuff. It's, it's tricky, but uh, yeah, that's definitely a good conversation for another time. We probably should bring somebody in for that too. Cause I think that's, you know, someone who can kind of yeah for sure. counsel us through that. Cause I love that. <laughs> I, I love that free counseling session, but, um, yeah, it's, you know, it's just, like, little things of, like, I need to transition. Um, like, I used to try, I used to cram all of my chores and my tasks into the few hours they were in preschool, you know? Yeah. Well, now I have, like, a lot of, so I have the whole day they're at school, and then there's, like, a crunch hour, mm-hmm. and then they leave again for their activities, and I don't have to be at their activities anymore. Mm-hmm. They get dropped off by somebody else. I drop them off and go back and pick them up a couple hours. I'm not sitting there on the soccer field watching most of the time or at dance. I drop off and go pick up, or somebody else picks them up, and there's carpooling and all that kind of stuff. And I come home, and they were home for an hour, and now they're gone again, and they're now they're gone for a couple hours again. I still have more time. Yeah. So it's like not feeling so stressed earlier in the day. Yeah. And, like, going back to, like, before you had kids, you knew which time of day was good for what kind of activities. Yeah. You know, you know you, you know your rhythms, you know when's a good time to work out, you know when's a good time to read, you know when's a good time to like really be productive on certain things or answer emails or pay bills. Like, you know your like cycle of yeah. like what's good for you. And when you have young children, that cycle goes out the window. You have to do whatever. It, <laughs> you have to do whatever, you know, whatever you can do to survive. And, like, I'm not in survival mode anymore, but I'm still acting like I'm in survival mode. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. And, and it's hard to, like, enjoy yourself, too. Exactly. Yeah. Like. I find I kind of feel, like, bad. Like, yeah. just chilling. Yeah. 
know? Or, yeah, or like, you know, like I enjoy working out and doing some stuff like that for me earlier in the day. Yeah. Um, and then like things like folding laundry and all of that kind of stuff is better like in the afternoon when my brain's dead. Mm-hmm. And I used to not do that because I need to get everything done before the kids yeah. got home from school because then it was all about them. But now I'm like, oh no. <laughs> They're going to be gone again in an hour. I can fold laundry then when my brain's dead. I can watch a TV show while I do it. You know, like I, it's just, it's just adjusting, you know? And I think that there's a, there needs to be a healthy dose too. In that conversation, we can stop talking about it, but in that conversation, I think there needs to be a healthy dose of like being just really aware of the context we live in where we're like in America. Like I just posted a quote to Facebook yesterday. It was something basically along the lines of like, our generation doesn't know how to have hobbies. We think everything has to be a side hustle. It has to be productive. It has to earn money. There's, there's a reason people have hobbies. Like yeah. you should have time that you enjoy and you yes. do things just for the joy of doing them. And like, yeah. I think, um, I mean, obviously like watching Netflix, I don't think counts as a hobby. Maybe, maybe it could. Um, but I think like, I don't know. I just, I really want in this year, cause my kids are going to be in first grade next year and hopefully it'll be more of a, normal normal year and I'll have that time um because I feel like this last two months has been me catching up on all the things I needed to do like over the last year but I hope to be able to approach it in a balanced way where I'm enjoying myself because my kids don't need me at that age you know like they're still kind of when they get out of school they'll they'll need yeah yeah Mm -hmm. but then I also want to you know be productive I don't know anyway there's there's a lot it's a yeah. lot to think about and like wanting to use your time well and knowing that like no one's like checking on you like you know like god's not like you didn't do this this and this yes. you know no one's doing that we're doing that to ourselves yes okay. well and, and you know to bring god into the conversation like i just have to constantly remind myself because if i really sit and think about it i'm like wow things are really changing like mm-hmm. like it feels like a slow like like if you know it, it has felt like a slow transition but then when you're in the middle of it, it feels like, oh my gosh, things are moving so quickly. And um, I just have to constantly remind myself that God never changes. Yeah. Like things around us change, our circumstances change, schools change, kids change, kids grow up. Like, you know, work changes, everything changes around us. You know, we get older, our bodies change. <laughs> like everything changes. Yeah. Like God never changes. And like having that as a, like a foundation that, but also remembering that he sees that we do change. Cause I think we, I don't want to fall into this, like, well, God never changes. So, you know, we shouldn't change either. Like I, that's not the right mentality either. Like, but he's there as the steady, mm-hmm. the constant, like, you know, there's constant, like when you're doing a science experiment, there's a constant and then there's the things that change and God's yeah. the constant in that equation. Yeah. And then there's all the other pieces that are constantly in flux but like being able to return to that, like that's, you know, like home base. Yeah. Like that never changes. Um, but he also sees that we constantly change and that our circumstances are constantly changing. Things are constantly in flux and he's, he's there as that constant we can reach back to for counsel, for instruction, mm-hmm. um, for guidance while everything around us seems to be, you know, yeah. in disarray or, moving too fast or moving too slow or not going the way we wanted to, or it's not transitioned the way we wanted to or whatever. And we really have to cultivate that too. Like it's yes. so easy to just like 
turn God into a vending machine. <laughs> You're like, I need this today. But it, it's just I have to constantly remind myself that it's a relationship and that relationships are built on spending time with people, whether or not you need them. Because, like, yes. how often do we turn God into that where we're yeah. just like, well, I need you right now. But there's no time when it's just like, I just want to hang out with you. Yeah. So that really... I've been convicted about that and how I need to just spend time in the happy times and say, thank you. And yeah. I don't do that naturally. Yeah. Like a lot of times it's just like, well, here's what sucks. And I'm in a bad yeah, way. I, I need think to, to be like that too. I, um, yeah, it's, yeah. I just, the, and we talked about this last month about slowing down, you yeah. know, like taking a deep breath. Um, because like just personally things seem to be, pretty like I just don't know how to read things in my life right now and don't know what to do next yeah and um and I seem I feel very um rudderless because mm-hmm. the ship feels like it's lost its rudders yeah the ship being my life <laughs> has lost its rudders and it feels like I'm just like floating with no mm-hmm. direction which I have to remind myself that God sees everything. Yeah. Um, and he sees me and he sees um, the direction in which I'm going. But from my seat in the boat, mm-hmm. it feels like I'm just wandering. Like Jesus sea. is asleep? Yes. Very much feels like Jesus is asleep. And, um, yeah. So I, I think having to, like, I have to slow down and remind myself that even if it feels like he's asleep, he's still aware. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause in that story, Jesus was asleep, but he also knew fully what was going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just felt like he did it. Um, and that's where I am right now. And so, but if I, I have to constantly go back to, I know that he sees me. Mm-hmm. I know that he knows everything about me. I know that even when my ship feels rudderless, his ship is not. Um, it has a direction it's going towards, you know, a telos and endpoint. Like it just feels like, you know, sometimes you're wandering. And that's why we have friends to intercede and prayer for us when yeah, we feel that way. For sure. And that's why we have community. And that's yeah. why it's good that like you have people around you who can yes. pray those things for you when you yeah. don't feel it, you know? Yeah. Because yeah. you can't carry all that on your back. Yeah. We um we have I have three transitions that I am not excited about. Well, one I'm excited about, two I'm not. Okay. Um, my husband has to change up his eating habits for health reasons. Um, so he has to really drastically reduce his cholesterol and saturated fat intake, uh-huh. um, which isn't a huge deal. I don't, like... I have a, one of my daughters won't eat dairy. Like she just doesn't like it. So we already cook like pretty healthy just because she won't eat dairy. And it's really easy to eat healthy when you don't use butter or cheese or anything. But, um, <laughs> it just kind of sucks because I'm like, it really limits our takeout options. And it mm, means that yeah. it's a lot more of me cooking. It puts a lot more on you. Yeah. yeah. Which, you know, I love my husband and I'm happy to, and he's just, and you want him to live a long time. So you want to be supportive. Yes. But it's also just, it's, it's just a big change. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's hard. Cause I feel like a lot of, like when I get overwhelmed with, you know, being a wife and mom and like taking care of all these people, it's like, that's one of my, uh, lifelines is I can be like, okay, well, let's just go grab takeout tonight. Like if I'm too tired, it's, it's like, pizza. yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And, um, it's just becoming, I mean, he's obviously going to have a couple nights a week where he like 
you know, eats whatever. Like it's not, if not, he won't that hardcore. Yes. Yeah. But it, it just kind of, I'm feeling the pressure mm-hmm. and, um, I'm feeling, and then, you know, it's, it's just, I'm just feeling the pressure. So that kind of sucks because it has to go on for at least several months. Um, and mm-hmm. it just stinks and I'm frustrated. Um, but that's a transition and, um, you know, like, I'm happy, like, I like all the foods I'm making, it's fine, it's not the food, I mean, it is kind of the food, sometimes you're just like, dang it, like, I just don't want to eat this right now, but, um, yeah, so that just kind of stinks, and then a good thing is we're taking our first, the girls on their first plane rides, we were supposed to do it last year when they were five, mm-hmm. and we didn't, like, wait till they were five for, like, any real reason. We just had no reason to fly. We yes. just had nowhere to go, um, yeah. My mother, well, we could have gone to visit my mother-in-law. She lives in Arizona, which is where we're going. But um, it just, up until age five, it was just easier for her to come to us, like, for traveling sure. with little kids. It, it was just yeah. not worth it. Especially so, that's the multiple time zones and all that. Yeah, things. it was yeah, just yes. a lot. But So we're yeah. traveling with them, and I feel like that's just going to, like, open, like, now that we've taken them on a plane and they've been on a plane, like, we're going to, like, it's going to open a lot of um, options that we didn't have before because, you know, now it's, like, we're going to drive to Florida to the beach. But now it's like, oh, we're flying with them. Like, we're, you know, so that's fun. That's like a fun transition. I love the transition into my kids being fun travel companions. Oh, so yeah. my current, my kids are in that stage. You know, like the trip Myla and I took to Paris. Like, that's probably one of the best trips I've ever taken. And I've been on a lot of trips with my husband. And I've been on a lot of trips with friends. And she is probably one of the best travel companions I've ever had. So and so, like, and Nathan's a great traveler, too. Um, you know, they weren't when they were little. But mm-hmm. they they have moved into the stage they are. And then they're going to move out of it. And they're going to not want to go anywhere with me because they're going to want to be with their friends. And then hopefully they'll come back to in their early 20s that they want to travel with me again. They'll go through a period where they don't want to be with me anymore. But it, it's such a fun age when that door opens yeah. to, and it doesn't have to be to Paris. Like it can be to Arizona or Colorado or like yeah. we're taking several trips this summer with the kids that are like fun road trip kind of things. But like, they're just so much more flexible and they're, and seeing those kind of things through there, the new things through there. It's like, my kids are begging me to take them to New York city. Yeah. And I love the city, but to be able to take them and see it through their eyes is going to be so much fun. I'm going to wait till it opens up more. Yeah. But, um, well, and not worrying yes. about like, for us, it was always like the safety thing with like two little, yes. Overconfident. Yes. Heads running. Who had to have fear of strangers. Yeah. Yeah. It was just so stressful. I was like, I can't like, I kind of yes. can't. Well, and then like naps and feeding and all yeah, that kind of stuff. But like crazy. once they're, they turn into like little adults. Yeah. Actually like. Like now I can trust them to carry their own suitcase. Exactly. Like, it's exactly. like our whole world is opening up. Yeah. It's, it's really amazing. It's a really fun transition. Yeah. So, so I'm excited about that one. The only yes. other one is one of my best friends in the world is moving to Ethiopia for work. Mm-hmm. I'm very sad. She's here for two more months as of this recording and then is gone. And we're in that really weird, bittersweet, like, you know, trying to Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm just like, I feel like I'm just not processing it. Like it's just and she we have this conversation where it's just like, I'm just like I have a wall up kind of and um it just really sucks because like you know you have different friends for different things and I would say yeah. she is like my like soul Jesus friend who like really gets like mm. that kind of stuff and oh, I, man, I thought it was me. <laughs> you are one of them. <laughs> no, you are one of them. She um she is 
she, I know which friend you're talking about, and she's irreplaceable. I'm just joking. I know. <laughs> no, but you are one of them in different ways. But she, she gets like the yes emotional, like I yes. don't know, like she just she, <laughs> I don't. <laughs> she, she gets me in a way that um that's awesome. And so it's just really sad, and it, you know, it's not being able to talk all the time, and like um you know, she's taking a big leap of faith doing it, and yeah, it's amazing. It's just you know, it's really hard. So it's like you know. No, she's, she's going to Ethiopia, but we're also going to get to go on plane rides. Yes. So, I mean, there's always, there's always goods and bads. There's always something. Every, every stage of life has, has <laughs> goods and bads. Yeah. Yeah. So For sure. Me. Yes. Um, so how are you going to survive summer? If we're talking about the fact that like, if you're, you know, you've had, even if, okay. So summer just has this vibe, right? Of like, Yes. Wanting to be chill and relaxed and all of that. And, you know, people are healthier now, hopefully vaccinated, less yes. trepidatious about doing things. Yeah. And the CDC has told us that it's very safe to be outside and we can do that a lot in the summer. So mm-hmm. I think that opens up a lot of new possibilities for things. I think a lot of people are like me where they feel anxious about it. Yeah. You know, it's like you want to, but it's also, and it's not anxiety, like health anxiety or anything like that. It's more like the social anxiety we were talking yeah. about where you just feel like really awkward about being in the world. Well, and I think I, um, I'm very, and this, this is going to come out as maybe not true, but it is really true. I am a very diplomatic person and I feel like everybody's on, I, I just feel like everybody's on the continuum in a different spot of how they feel about things. Mm-hmm. Like if you say you have a, a large group of friends and you've decided you're going to, you know, celebrate this thing. I'm trying to, you know, have a party or go out or something. And everybody's kind of on the spectrum of mm-hmm. how safe they feel about mm-hmm. things or how they feel about things when it comes to COVID. And I feel like this need to like, um, make sure everybody feels comfortable. Mm-hmm. And so my stress is always, you know, let's take my neighborhood group, for instance, like we're having a little Cinco de Mayo celebration tomorrow. Luckily we, it's going to be nice. and We're going to be able to be outside and all that kind of stuff. And I kind of know where they all are, but I'm just using that as an example of maybe a group of friends. You're not quite sure where everybody is. Like you want to make sure everybody's comfortable. Like not everybody feels that way. Some people don't give a crap, but like, I really, I have a, I have a social anxiety about, wanting people of every comfort level to have fun. Mm-hmm. And I know that's not solely my responsibility, but I, I just, or I want to, you know, like I don't have any fear about, I, first off, I'm fully vaccinated, but secondly, I just not have a lot of fear around getting sick. But a lot of what I've done is for the social good, not for myself. Yeah. Um, but um, so like, if it was just about me, like I probably wouldn't wear a mask anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I do it because I think it's the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. There's people who are all ends of that spectrum. You know, like we were with a group of um, moms and their daughters for a little get together for a group Milo's in this weekend. And I know that there's women in that group that are on all different sides of the spectrum. And we were like making decisions about what we we're going to do and where we we're going to go and that kind of stuff. And I was constantly thinking, is so-and-so okay with us? Are they just not speaking up? You know? And so I think there's a lot of social anxiety around that. I feel like for me, that's where I feel like, you know, the anxiety about social stuff. It's funny. Like, I don't feel that pressure, but I do feel the, 
I do feel people's emotions and two mm-hmm. of my good friends are on way opposite ends of the yes. spectrum. And so, and I'm just forever like the middle, like I feel like I've been right in the middle of COVID. I've been doing, Me too. I, I, yeah. you know, but I'm not like, I also haven't been like, I've been doing stuff, but I've been very safe and, you know, anyway, yes. I feel like I've been in the middle, but I just, I feel so much tension in the air even still. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it, it just feels so stressful where it's like, well, is this even going to be fun? Like if yes. you do this, cause I, I know how you feel and I know how you feel. And sometimes I'm like, should I just stay home? Like this just seems like too much. Or I'll hang out with you friend. Cause I can do how you're doing things, but I'm also happy to be more safe with you friend. And maybe we all don't do just do something. Right. Together. Yeah. It's yeah. been a lot. I mean, like just friendships and, you know, social lives are a lot to navigate anyway, yeah. especially if they're COVID in and you see people's, yeah. you know, no one acts great under stress and you see that coming out. It's been, it's been a stressful year. And yeah. like, I still have people who are mad at each other yeah. for the way they've handled COVID. Yeah. And I'm sure people are mad at me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, we, and we have all levels of that in our own families. Right. You know, so during the summer it tends to be a time where we go visit family. Yeah. And like, I, we have a couple of trips that are family related. And then we also have David's mom coming here for a week too. So we have lots of family time this summer. So kind of like the holidays, it's yeah. like navigating all of that too. Uh, because our family, everybody in our families are probably on all different sides of the spectrum with this stuff too. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah. Yeah. Ready for it all to be over. Yeah. Well, how can we encourage, what was the lovely verse you had about? Um, oh, this is, this is my Psalm 32, eight. Um, I'm reading in the NIV because I like the wording of it. I'm not usually an NIV person, but I do like the wording of this. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my loving eye on you. Um, and I just think as we're approaching all of these transitions, us personally and, um, re-entry into the world or whatever transitions other people have in their lives or just the transition of summer. Like, just like I was saying earlier, just going back to God as our constant and knowing that he wants to instruct us and counsel us, but it's coming from a place of love. And mm-hmm. I love that part. I will counsel you with my loving eye on you. Mm-hmm. And it's not just, I will counsel you and tell you what to do and you must do it. But right. I see you mm-hmm. and I see what you're going through. I see that you're sad about your friend leaving. I going to Ethiopia. I see that, you know, your kids entering middle school. I see that you're back traveling for work again and you feel anxiety about that. Like he sees all that. So while he doesn't change, he sees each one of us individually and he loves us and he wants to counsel us through that. So, and it goes back to what you were saying about slowing down to get that counsel. Um, that is hard, but I think yeah. we just need to remember that and go back to that. Yeah, that's really good. Do you feel like you have any practical tips for people with kids this summer? So, you know, I think everybody's kind of on a different spectrum of what they can do. I, uh, I have put my kids in a lot of camps and we're traveling a lot. And I realize that comes from a place of privilege. Um, I think my kids, you know, they spent so much time where they didn't have any structure and then they got back into structure with school again, and they don't want to be out of structure. Like, even talking to them about yeah. what they want to do this summer. I mean, they want a couple of weeks off, but they really want things to do. And I have the ability to do that. So, if I, you know, that I, I, I know that comes from a place of privilege. Um, one thing I was thinking about was the fact that right now at school, they get fed every day at school. So, mm-hmm. even if they're going to camp or they're at home, I'm going to have to feed them every day. And that yeah. just hit me, like, yesterday. I'm like, yeah. oh, crap. I'm going to have to, like 
buy more groceries and plan lunches and all that kind of stuff. That stresses me out a little bit because I hate lunches. Um, And, um, you know, I was just like thinking because I'm going to have to pack lunches for them for camp. So even if they're going off to camp, I still have to pack lunch for them. They're not getting fed at camp. And so, um, except for when they go to sleepaway camp. And so, like, I need to, like, be thinking about how to make that easier. And you probably have more practical ideas for that. But I don't really, outside of um, remembering that we also need to allow our kids to be kids during the summer too Mm -hmm. because I feel like there's just so much pressure on them during the year um because I struggle with that a little bit I struggle with letting them just be kids during the summer too Mm -hmm. so not only any practical tips because I feel like I um, am lucky enough that I just shut my kids in the camps and take them on (laughs) and not everybody has that luxury so I think apps and snacks are like a game changer like take I think everyone just needs to take the pressure off themselves to make meals yeah and I mean you can make like a thing of tzatziki or like whatever dip your kid will eat uh-huh. you could make a seven layer dip and just throw them mm-hmm. some chip I mean like you can make a healthy ish a healthy enough version that you feel okay about giving it to your kids uh-huh. and I mean I feel like most kids want to eat that way anyway like they yes. just want to eat like chicken nuggets and cut up vegetables and fruit and stuff like that. Like that. I don't think anyone needs to reinvent the wheel here. Just give them what they want. And if you feel bad about it, there's a couple things you could do. You could go get nuggets of Chick-fil-A and freeze them and just pop them out when you need them. If that makes you feel better, you can make your own chicken nuggets one day. It'd take like a couple hours, make a ton of chicken nuggets, stick them in your freezer, homemade. I mean, like there's things you can do. And I think like a lot of times, I, when I feel pressure, like if I were to look at the summer and be like, oh no, I have to make lunches. My instinct is to make it harder than it is Uh and to get really complicated. Yeah. Because I feel like if I have to do this, I have to do it a hundred. Yeah. But you don't like, there's no way. And honestly, something I do um, that I did a lot this year when the kids were still doing virtual school and that I tend to do in the summer is I'll make lunch or I'll make dinner food at lunch Uh because I feel like by the time dinner rolls around, like we're all like hot and you've been to the pool and, gross, and, and yeah, no one yes. wants like, you yes. know, so I'll just like throw snacky food at them and be like, or we'll go get like chicken fingers at Publix and a cut up watermelon. I'm like, here you go. Here's dinner. And I feel zero guilt. Um, so I don't know. I just think like, I think you can still have healthy options that are appy and snacky. And I think that's totally fine. I know I was thinking about that because my kids don't really like sandwiches, mm-hmm. but I also don't want to cook them lunch every day. And, but my kids do like meat and cheese. Yeah. Like, make them a little kid charcuterie board. Yeah. So they, they love Lunchables, but yeah. I don't feel great about Lunchables all the time. Because, yeah. Yes. Well, and I, well, I was thinking like packing for them too. Like it's not that hard to buy sandwich meat and cheese and crackers and just put that in a lunchbox. Like, totally. And so you're right. We make it harder than it does. And you can buy like the healthy crackers. And yes. You can buy the yes. whatever. Like, I mean, yeah. you can make it better than yeah. Lunchable. And if you have yes. Lunchables, that's fine too. Oh yeah. Like, there will be days my kids will get Lunchables. It's fine. But I, just, for the pool. <laughs> I think like a lot of times the pressure we put on ourselves as parents is like, we're, we're just, it's like, they're happy. They're like, happy with a quesadilla or um, yeah, and as long as you're yeah. giving, offering them, you know, the fruits and veggies they like, and the, which summer's eat. perfect for that, exactly. Yeah. So yeah. I think um, I think we all naturally eat healthier in the summer anyway, but like because we want to eat 
like water. We're like, yes. we need water. We so need we want salad. Yes. Stuff like that. We don't want big <laughs> casseroles exactly. and things like that. Yeah, but I think yeah. people just stress about that. Um, yeah. The other thing I would say, something I do, and this is for me because I'm a person who I'm not very structured and I need structure. Yeah. So I will put like the dumbest things on our calendar. Like things that wouldn't even go on your calendar. So I asked Maddie and Penny, we talked about the bucket list last month, which like, um, if you didn't listen to that episode, basically I was like, what are some fun things you would like to do this summer? And they're stupid. They're like, I want to go to Waffle House for breakfast one day. I want to like, I don't, whatever, stuff like that. It's like not really an event. Mm -hmm. And what I'll do is I'll like write it on the calendar and I'll be like on Thursday, we're going to do this thing. Yes. And it's the anticipation and it gives them something to be excited about. Yes. Which for at least my kids, I think most kids is like the majority of the fun of a thing is anticipating it and looking forward to it. Yes. And I'll just put stuff like that on the calendar because if I don't, and if I get in that place, like, well, we'll go to Waffle House one day this week. Like it's not going to happen and I'm going to have no rails to run on. So I just, and I used to do this when they were little too. And I was a stay at home mom with like little, little babies. I would just like, I don't know. Like I would be like, I'm going to go to this grocery store and then this day I'm going to go to this store because they have the double cart. And I'm the, and like, I would just like schedule that stuff because it, it helped me to have like a list. Yeah. Also, I'm like super ADD. So I need like a list. I need someone to yeah. tell me. Otherwise the whole summer will get away from me and I won't have to do a thing. So I would say like, even if you feel silly, like schedule things, schedule like a water balloon fight day. Yeah. And then that way, Cause that's the thing. I feel like if I don't schedule stuff like that for my kids, cause I don't love when they get messy and dirty, like it's not my thing, but what I've learned is just to schedule it and be like, okay, on Thursday we are going to, uh, have water balloons and we're going to make a big mess and I'm ready for it. And we're going to take it. And it's like, then it doesn't take me by surprise. And I feel like I can control it a little better. I think that's it. And I think it's great to get your kids involved in it. Like I do that. It kind of reminds me of Advent. Yeah, because it's anticipation, right? Yeah. So I ask my kids, like, what are the things you want to do for Advent? And so I think it's the same thing for summer. Because there are things like, I mean, my kids are in school every day. And then they have extracurricular activities every day. So there's, like, little things they don't get to do. Yeah. Because they're in school all the time or doing extracurricular activities. So, like, I think it's great to, like, plan that stuff out. I think it's... um, <laughs> also your conversation or what you're saying about like I'm gonna go to this grocery store on this day and go to this store on this day I was, made me think of the friends episode where <laughs> Ross um has lost his job or he's on sabbatical uh-huh. and um and Joey's used to like being without a job because he's an unemployed actor and um you know he gets home and like Ross has nothing to do and he was like and Joey's like what did you do today and he's like well I went to the dry cleaner and then I went to the bank and well I think those and Joey's like that's your problem you only do one thing a day. Yeah. <laughs> so you can stretch it out. <laughs> like, today's dry cleaning day. He was like, the problem is you did all of it in one day. And uh, and so it's just kind of remembering that, too, during the summer of, like, you don't need to do it all in one day. No. Yeah. So. And actually, I think that should be an episode because I think a lot of people are in our boat where yes. we're, like, we just are kind of bored. Yeah. We have too much time. How yeah. do you manage that? Yeah. Because the reality is not everybody, if you're a stay-at-home mom, this is, like, specifically who I'm speaking to. Um, but sometimes you just, and I know people probably hate me if you're working and you're like, I wish I had too much time on my hands. But, like, yeah. you know, they, they all come with their challenges. But, like, you know, how, how do you cope with that? Like, if you are looking for a job or trying to, like, you know, spend more time on your hobbies, it's still sometimes we have more time than we want. Like, how do we cope with that? 
yeah. some strategies. That might be something. How do you give yourself that structure and that sense of yes schedule? Yeah, that'll be a good future episode. Okay, I think we should do that. Yeah, <laughs> well, we could process this yes. together. Um, but I don't really have. I think I think the bucket list idea is a fantastic idea, and I probably should do it anyways, even for the weeks that we don't have things or the weekends, like a lot yeah. of my kids stuff during the week, but it's not on the weekends or in the summer, but we also don't have the normal weekend stuff that you have during the school year, you know? And so that's, yeah. no, it's good to like come up with those fun. And like, you know, some of the traveling that we're doing is like going to see family. So we could do those things there, you know, yeah, like, and for sure. they could do it with their cousins. And so, no, I think that's really good. Um, it's funny to see what they come up with. It too. is. Cause like, it's not funny. they're just so like, like, what was one thing? Are oh, you talking about the food fight? Yeah, we're having a food fight. It's going to be such a disaster. So the food fight and the water balloon fight are going to happen at the same day. We're going to so do the food fight like first, and hopefully the water balloons <laughs> will rent some of it. And then, because I was like, well, we're already going to pick the food up out of our yard. So that way... Pick the food and the water balloons. We'll pick the food and the water balloons. It'll be great. It'll they be can totally spray fine. everybody off. Yep, yeah. that's the plan. But... um. No, one of them was like Minchie's, the little frozen yogurt yeah. place where they have all the like, and they just haven't been able to go because of COVID. It's like, you know, yeah. um, and they're like so excited. And it just reminds me, like, I think I have to make my children's childhood so amazing, but they just are still so excited by the dumbest things. <laughs> uh, I think we, we, we talked about this offline, but we were just talking about our expectations for summer and like. I think we romanticize. We talked about how we romanticize summer. Like, if you really think about it and think about about your childhood, is your summer really that exciting? No. Yes. Well, so, yeah, that's like our generation, right? Yes. Like, I hear, I literally watch Block Party Summer on Nick at Night all day, and like, or I went out and rode my bike, or we like turned the sprinklers on. Yeah, or, like it's not that fun. <laughs> no, but we didn't. We, it, it, nobody was planning like epic camps for me. I mean, my mom granted didn't have to do some stuff because she was a single working mom, so she had to have things for us to yeah. do. But like, it was mostly she hired someone to come watch us, who was another teenager who was watching yeah. TV all day, and I watched lots of days of our lives at a too young of an age, and <laughs> like you know. Uh, it's hung out with my friends in the neighborhood and ran around and you know I think it's also really good so this just came to me but I thought about the other day and almost forgot to say it um summer's a really good time if you have kids that are in school all year long summer's a really good time to teach life lessons that you don't have time Mm -hmm. to teach during the year Mm -hmm. so I'm trying to think like how to cook yeah Um, that's true how to do some chore how to um you know, pull weeds, like just little things yeah. like that. I feel like our kids don't get because they're so scheduled in the lifestyle that we live here in America. They're so scheduled. They're so busy. Um, you know, like just all of those things. We don't have time to just like teach them how to chop an onion or teach them how to, you know, deposit something at the bank or yeah. because like you're doing all of those things when they're busy with their other activities, but when they're home, it's a good time to teach like life skills. Um, you know, how to fill up the air in their bike tire. Like, you know, just things that we yeah. should know. That you have time for. Yes. Yeah. Um, and so I think that's really good, too. And, like, it's a great time to, if you have time, if you're available yes. in the summer, to take your kids to volunteer. Because people always think yes. volunteering around Christmas. But, like, people don't have food in July, too. You know? Yeah, like, there's um, There's just so many opportunities in your community. Volunteers are great. That's yeah. a great thing. Especially at my kids' school, six 
through 12th grade, they have to complete volunteer hours. Mm-hmm. So I actually need to think about that. So it's a really good reminder because Nick Milo will have to have volunteer hours yeah. for next year. And so she could probably start completing some of them this summer. So. And if you're local to Atlanta, there's an organization we're wrapping up, I promise. But um, I love to support called Free 99 Fridge. And they um, are in neighborhoods where either it's like a food desert or there's just a lot of need. Um, all of the fridges are named after black people who have been killed by police brutality. So they're called like the Sandra, the Trayvon, like, um, and you can look them up and you'll find like the neighborhoods they're in, but they're community run. So they're all volunteer. And what's cool about them is most food banks, um, won't take cooked food. So like if you have leftovers from, I don't know, like you've had a party and you have leftovers, usually the food bank won't take it, but this will. So the only thing they don't really take is, like, raw meat, so don't put any raw meat in there. But, like, they'll take all kinds of stuff. You just have to write, like, what's in it so people know. And it's just really cool. And, like, I mean, we all go through that period where, like, we have stuff in our fridge that needs to be gotten rid of or we're sick of eating. And, like, it's a really good place to put it. And um, it's great to just take your kids, not as a way of, I mean, it's, like, a fine line between, you know, wanting to show your kids their own, wanting them to be aware, I guess, of, their own privileges without like using people as sort of like a look yeah. at them. Like, so it's yeah. just a good way. Cause it's like, we're going to leave this food here and people who need it will come get it. And it yeah. shows them. And I just, I think that's such a cool organization. Um, but, and I know there's all kinds of, there's, there's something. Yeah, no, that's good. I will link to that. Cause that is a great organization. I've seen other people post about it besides you. So I think that's awesome. Uh, yeah. I think, yeah. Things that you want your kids to learn, Think about, like, just write down things you want your kids to learn. Or who you want them to be. Who you want them adults. to be. Yeah. yeah, like, what what, what do you want to see in them? When And, like, part of our responsibility as parents is we have to teach them that. So, like, the other day, David had um, Nathan um, help him change some light bulbs in the bathroom. Yeah. And he had cha- Nathan change the light bulb. Yeah. Like, they need to learn how to do that kind of yeah, stuff. Absolutely. You know? And so, when you have more time is when you can teach those kinds of things. So, um, just be thinking about, like, what you want to, like see in your kids pulling like, weeds pulling weeds um Myla's started a little business with a friend um <laughs> and they're gonna have more time to work on it during the summer you know and so she's becoming all entrepreneurial and like you know I think that you know and she also wants to be like a mother's helper she's not quite old enough to babysit yet but she could like go over to a neighbor's house that has itty bitties while the mom just like takes a shower or something yeah so she's in the house but she might like just play with them while the mom like gets a nap or something and so she's like really excited about like advertising yeah. that and like so just you know find ways for your kids to like do things that they don't have time to do during the year for so, sure yeah What's we're, we're gonna do it it's gonna be great <laughs> we're still rolling stones we can do it we don't have to sit we can keep rolling down the hill of life (laughs) when you said you wanted to call it soul rolling stones i was like i forgot about the lauren dale song and i'm like like Mick jagger yes oh well i thought about that and i thought about rolling down the river where is she going with this and then i was like (laughs) that's where is she going with this is a fair question for me on every podcast episode i hope normally it ends up going somewhere but it doesn't always (laughs) Where is she going with us? <laughs> that should be a segment. We should have this. Where is Rebecca going with us? I mean, I think it was an unofficial segment. <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, you're going to do a great job this summer. Yes. Because guess what? You don't have to do a great job at summer. No. You every, every job's great. Every you're doing great. <laughs> okay. Okay. Bye. Bye. <laughs> 
So till next week, we are on Instagram at Woven and Him. We are on Facebook and Patreon forward slash Woven and Him. You can also email us fullywoven at gmail.com. And I'm Rebecca Pete, like the coffee brand. And you can find me at RebeccaPete.com where you can also find all my social handles. Yep. And uh, I don't want to be found. So just find me on the Facebook for our uh, podcast and the Instagram, but not my personal. Bye. Bye. (laughs) 